And hi, everybody. Welcome to Hello Haymarket. I'm Daniel Nice. And I'm Elise Hill. And we are uh, very excited to have you with us today. We are going to be talking about how real estate agents can be excellent investors, but most of them aren't. And to help explain why that is, we brought in the one, the only, Mr. Robert Chavez, right? Now, the he man, is the, the myth, l- the legend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, when, I, when I first got started in real estate, the very first person that I spoke to about it was uh, Rob Chavez because I was interested in real estate investing. I was considering being a realtor and uh, I got a recommendation to join the Casa Group. And Rob is, of course, the founder of the Casa Group. So, Rob, thank you for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah we're, uh, we're certainly really excited to have you here because uh, this is an interesting topic, right? I, I talk to a lot of folks online um, who are interested in investing, a lot of them who are interested in just making money, and they're not sure how to start with that. Uh, and I, I find an intersection sometimes between people who are in the industry, right? They're related to real estate one way or the other, but they're not necessarily taking advantage of that market knowledge that they have. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this would be a valuable subject for us to cover, especially for those of you out there who are considering doing what I did and having an industry switch where you jump from maybe a different industry and coming into the real estate industry mm-hmm. and kind of see what's possible mm-hmm. out there, right? Mm-hmm. What I'd like to start off with is just asking you, do you think that there are advantages to being a realtor when you're considering investing in real estate? Massive advantages, like massive. So it was interesting. Uh, Years ago, people would always come to me and say, you know, is there a conflict? You know, like I hear that there's a conflict to be an investor and to be a realtor. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Unless you're doing something illegal and you shouldn't be doing anything illegal, right? Um, And so um, here, here are the advantages, right? You're in the know, right? You're in the know. You you know which houses are going to be coming up on the market. You know which houses potentially need work. You have an understanding of potentially what your client needs in order to solve whatever problem they have. There's certain clients that need speed and convenience. There's other clients that need maximum market value. And you have insider knowledge uh, in, in order to assist them and do what's right for them in that process. And sometimes one of those things could be buying the property yourself, right? Uh, other times it could be bringing in, you know, other investors into that project. Um, and, and then, you know, let, that's if you're working directly with the client. If you're work, if you're not working with a client, just having access to the best data available, which is the MLS, um, is a competitive advantage. And there's so many investors. Like I got one the other day that, you know, they want access to the MLS because that's the best data. And without that data, you can't make educated decisions. There's just tons of advantages that we can kind of go through. Yeah, I'll ab- let you ask your questions. Ab- absolutely. Let's give a little bit of background here. So uh, one of the reasons we brought you on is because you have such a good understanding of the market, right? You've got your finger on the pulse, uh, standing betwixt and between these investors, these agents, all kinds of related groups as well. Mm-hmm. Tell our listeners a little bit, if you could, uh, a brief synopsis of your story and kind of why you are well positioned to explain these things. Sure. So I, owned a, I started a business in 1998 with my best friend. And it was a headhunting service. It was a great business. He still runs that business today. He bought me out in 2005 so I could pursue real estate full-time. And in 98, I realized pretty quickly that that business had, it doesn't have to have, but it had a fundamental flaw. Most perm businesses do, which is, you know, it's just fee-for-service. Once you commit and finish the transaction, it's done. Very similar to like being an agent right? Like you help a client buy and sell a house and they may not need you for another 10 years or so, right? 
And so I remember thinking, I want to be able to do something one time that I get paid on forever. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? And I I approached him to do it in the recruiting space because you could do it through contract staffing, but he didn't want to. So then I was like, well, how do I solve this problem for myself? And, uh, you know, I started reading a lot and talking to people, and I realized that you could actually do it through buying rental properties. I was like, oh, that'd be great. I find an asset, I buy that asset, and over time, that asset will pay me back. And that's what's happened. That set me on the journey. And through that journey, I then really discovered how big and broad the real estate investment world is, right? It's buying and holding is a key to wealth, but there's so many different tools in that tool bag as an investor that um, you can help a potential client with, right? Creative financing, subject twos, lease options, uh, private lending, um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And so I became fascinated with that with that industry. And I realized that real estate agents uh, are, are similar to investors, right? We're all in, except the, con- the, the way they think about themselves is slightly different, right? Ultimately, every business is a sales and marketing business, every business, right? So whether you're a wholesaler, you're a fix and flipper, you're in construction, you're an agent, it's, it's all the same game. It's a sales and marketing game. And you have to create a value proposition and, and a, a, a service value proposition in order to really help your client succeed, right? And those that are able to nail those uh, are successful. And, um, and so what we did was through the years, I just kind of like evolved. I went from like this buy and hold investor to, you know, part-time to a full-time fix and flip investor in 2005 and wholesaler. And then realizing that there was so much power in being able to uh, work with clients and and coach them and educate them and help them through the transaction from an agent perspective. And I was like, I, I, you know, my wife and I were buying about 20 houses a year. We put our money where our mouth was for our own assets. And I realized that we had built a skill set to be able to help other people buy more effectively and sell more effectively. So just little by little, I kind of started dabbling more in the agent world. And as I helped clients, clients referred me to more clients and the word got out. And before I knew it, I was so busy that I needed additional help in, in order to run that business. And so the last decade has been really um, learning how to build businesses, right? I first had to learn how to build uh you know, become a highly paid self-employed person as an investor and then as an agent. And then you realize that there's only a certain level of achievement in that game and that you need to really start learning how to lead and motivate, influence other people on that journey. And you get to help people go on that journey so that they can build bigger lives for themselves. And so I realized that I I needed to, to create this bigger world. And in creating that bigger world, we started opening up agent offices and we started opening up investment offices and we started opening up property management businesses and construction businesses because I am an entrepreneur at heart, right? A real estate entrepreneur. And I love the game and the game is similar in all of those work, right? We go back and it's a sales and marketing game. And I believed in not trying to do it all myself because I'd done that at one point, but in building partnerships with people and, and guiding them in that process and, and really just being a couple chapters ahead 
because I don't claim to be the expert. I just claim to be a couple chapters ahead. I failed, <laughs> failed a little bit faster than most yeah. people. And, and then they can learn from my mistakes. And I, you know, I know that Matt always said, hey, one of the benefits I get is that you make all these mistakes and I get to learn from those mistakes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, some of you may remember our episode we did with Matt Bagel, who I've often referred to as sort of like our mentor. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like the mentor's mentor. This is <laughs> Rob mm-hmm. Chavez, right? Yeah. He's worked with Matt for a very long time. Um, <clears throat> I want to... Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that I will say that anytime we get to spend time with you or just like listen to you, you know, in team meetings or whatever, it's always so inspirational and it's like I feel like I've learned so much just being in the room with you mm-hmm. or like any of the people you're you've kind of like touched and helped and stuff like that, like Mac Magle. It's like everything kind of comes from Rob's brain and it's like I'm in the room with him, it's always like, Okay, what does he have to say? Because I feel like I learn something every time. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, the, and, the, and you know, the truth is a lot of it, and you guys know this already, it's just I've synthesized a lot of information that's, relative, uh, that's relevant to our business. And so nothing is a new concept, yeah. right? <laughs> All of it is just filtered, looking at it through the lens of how it really helps us move forward as a business. And then I think I've been able to deliver it in a way that people understand. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've been able to do is um, take information, and because I've failed forward quickly, been able to then synthesize it in a way to help an agent or a real estate entrepreneur understand what the next logical step is, only because I've been at that, that junction and then said, okay, should I take a right or should I take a left? If I take a right, this is what happens. If I take a left, this is what could happen. And I've done both and then realized, okay, no, I, we need the course correct and come back to this, and this is why, yeah. right? And I think that th- that helps speed the cycles for a real estate entrepreneur so that they don't have to make those same mistakes. And of course, they're going to make their own mistakes uh, because I think that that's normal in that process. But if I can help eliminate some of those mistakes, it makes their, their, um, their career that much faster and that much more enjoyable, to be honest with you. I think I can provide an example or a testament to that because when I first met you and I interviewed at the Cause Group, I was coming at it from a perspective of I had just listened to all these podcasts on bigger pockets and real estate investing and that was the mm-hmm. mindset I was in. Um, but sitting down with you, you kind of helped clarify for me that, hey, there's this thing called being an agent where you can still be a part of a real estate transaction, but you don't have to have your capital mm-hmm. invested into it mm-hmm. where you can have upside without the risk. And that kind of opened my eyes to having a way of getting into the industry and learning more about it to better position myself. Hey, let's, using the Matt Magle quote, which I'm sure he got from you, ring the bell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Let's learn how to ring the bell first before we start thinking about how to deploy that capital. So um, in your experience, uh, Rob, do you see a lot of agents out there take advantage of their um, position in the market to really go deep into investing? Not really, and um, and we're going to change that, right? That's kind of why we came up with the Grid AI certification. Um, you know, brokerages are evolving, and the brokerage is does an unbelievable job of helping agents understand how to buy, you know, help their clients buy more effectively and how to sell more effectively, but they do a really bad job for the most part of educating them on what the game is that they're actually playing. Mm-hmm and how to actually win the game, 
right? Because they want to keep the agent in the transaction, which I totally get, right? They want to keep the agent in the transaction, but but the agent will wake up five years, you know, some of them two years later, some five years, some 10 years, some 15 years later, and they're like, man, I'm tired. There should, like, I don't, I don't own anything. Maybe they own a primary residence, but if they get hit by a bus tomorrow, the the business stops working or doesn't work. And brokerages have not been great at helping people kind of navigate that model. And it is a model, right? And let's be clear. Like, there's a model to win the game. And the model is essentially get really good at your agent business, creating 30, 60, 90-day cash, and then taking that money, and instead of doing the old lifestyle creep, which happens to most agents, which, you know, if, if you creep too high on that lifestyle creep, you actually become a prisoner to your lifestyle. Nobody tells you that. or You learn that later, and you're like, oh, I wish I could hire that assistant, but I can't because I need every single dollar that this business is generating in order to support my lifestyle. Nobody warns you ahead of time that says, hey, you need to kind of hold back a little bit so that you can actually hire some talented people around you so that you can get back some of your time. So there's a model to, to essentially scale out of an agent business and run it like a business if you want to and simultaneously take that money and buy investments so that those investments over time pay you a dividend and give you passive income. And it's just not talked about. That's mm-hmm. the problem, right? It's not discussed. And so I'm glad we're doing this podcast today because – we can talk about it a little bit further and maybe get people to think a little bit differently, yeah. po- possibly agents. And even, by the way, people that are just interested in investing. You know, um, people come to our investment group all the time and they say to them, they, they say to me, I want to learn how to fix and flip a house because they've watched HDTV yeah. and like this. Mm-hmm. And I get mm-hmm. it, right? Because that was me. I'm like, I get it. And then I'll just ask a follow-up question. I'll say, well, Why? And they'll they'll say, well, because I you know I really want to make some additional income. I don't like working at my current job. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you start making this additional income from fixing and flipping. Like, why do you want that? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you want to leave and transition out of this one thing, but let's go a little bit deeper. And ultimately, you ask that a- enough, it's because they want some kind of better future for their family. They want some kind of financial future. They want options, optionality, to be able to do what they want to do when they want to do it with the people that they love. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you kind of explain to them that fixing and flipping a house is just another job, yeah. right? And being an agent is in just in a, another job unless you convert that job into a business. Yeah. And then convert the dollars from that business into buying assets or investing in other businesses. And that's not an easy transition. I mean, you guys know this, right? You go and first, I, you know, I call it the seven levels of wealth, but that first, that first level is kind of like, can I do this? Once you can mentally overcome that, level two is, okay, can I be predictable with my income on this? And most people get stuck there. And most people just get really good at doing that and then put themselves in a trap where they cannot go to the next level, which is, can I start building a business? Why can't they? Because they they take every dollar and they put it in their own pocket instead of investing in other people. So when you realize that the game that the wholesaler is playing and the game that the fix and flipper is playing and even the developer and construction is the same game that the agent's playing, you then start looking at everything slightly differently. You can ask some better questions. Mm-hmm. You say, well, 
how do I want to earn my 30, 60, 90 day money? Do I want to earn it from being a wholesaler? Do I want to earn it from being a fix and flipper? Do I want to earn it coming from as an agent? I chose the agent route because it seemed like the bigger market. Also the one I looked at myself, I had a, a lot of relationships as an executive recruiter with, with people that did pretty well in technology sales and I, they all needed really nice houses. And I was like, okay, I have a database of people that I can work with already and give them guidance on how to do this transaction more effectively. So I remember making a conscious decision saying, do I want my network to see me as the investor mm -hmm. or do I want them to see me as the agent? And I made a conscious decision to have them look at me as the agent, but also fully understand that I had deep knowledge of the investment world because that's what I love to do. Yeah. And that I can, I can guide them in that process. So how can, you know, do they see me as a consultant versus just a realtor was kind of like the thing. And so now I just kind of open the agent's mind as to what's possible there. And one of the things that you had asked Daniel was like, you know, why is it a good model potentially to, mm -hmm. to lead with being an agent? Mm -hmm. And it's a good model because you come in contact with successful people in your SOI mm -hmm. who um, many times have money or they can't have money, but they don't have time. Mm -hmm. And you have the knowledge and the resources to help guide them through an investment choice. And if you're really smart, you end up becoming partners, right? You find the right people within your SOI and you essentially cut a deal with them. And you say, you supply the funds, I supply the knowledge and know-how and the muscle, and together we'll build wealth together. And that is a powerful thing that's available to you as an agent. Now, could that be available to you as, as a fix and flipper? And also, the answer is yes, right? You 100% it's available. But let's go to the wholesaling game real fast, or even fixing and flipping. One of the things that was a dagger in my heart, a dagger in my <laughs> heart, as, as I was wholesaling property or fixing and flipping property, by definition, when you get a wholesale deal, it means that you got a really good deal. But what I needed to do was I needed to convert that great deal, that great mm -hmm. investment into cash because I needed the money. Mm -hmm. I needed mm -hmm. 30, 60, 90 day money. And every time I sold one of those assets, it was like somebody put a dagger in my heart because I was like, I should keep this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I needed to sell it because I, I needed the money. Now could I have burred, I could have done, I did do some of that. But I needed to turn these things faster because, you know, the burring is still going to take you some mm -hmm. time. You got to go through the whole refi piece of it. And so, so I was like, okay, well, what kind of asset could I sell that wouldn't hurt me? Yeah. Right. And that was, okay, well, let me help people make better buying and selling decisions. And my knowledge can help them do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other uh, benefits that can sometimes fall in an agent's lap that's not gonna fall in the average uh, person's lap, right? Because you're here, look, so for example, when we had Matt here last time, he mentioned that of all the houses that he's bought, only one of them did he go out and find himself. All the others fell into his lap. Mm -hmm. um, can you think of um, anything similar to that, uh, an advantage that's kind of structurally in place for agents who are not yet investing but need to take another look at it? Well, this is conceptually, let's, let's look at investing not only from the property standpoint, but also from owning businesses standpoint. Mm -hmm. 
I believe that the agent's at the top of the spear, right? They are the big referrer to mortgage, title, insurance, right, property management. And if you get really good at the lead gen piece of the game, then you created almost a natural funnel to start those other businesses. Mm. And so when you get really good at the game, you have the ability to say, well, let's open up a property management business because you've got so many leads that are, that are coming into that funnel, and some of them are property management leads. Some of them are going to be lending leads. Some of them are going to be, you know, like, we'll buy the house kind of lead. And so that is one of the big things that I don't see enough team leaders concentrating on. They eventually get it, mm -hmm. right? But they only get it once they've built a large enough business that it's so obvious to them that they're like, oh, wow, we control the transaction. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and we're one of the main, you know, we're one of the main people that controls the transaction, which then allows you to be able to build a bigger world with people around you that want new opportunity. So that's a structural, as you said, mm -hmm. piece to it. I remember Matt's first single family primary residence came across his desk because it was a short sale and I was doing a lot of short sales. So he brought me on that meeting. And I think at that meeting, it was just like, Matt, you should buy this house. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, they, the, the husband and wife were like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> Matt, you should buy it, right? And we were able to go through that whole process and create a win-win for them. And they got all the deficiency debt taken off of, you know, their books, essentially. And Matt was able to buy a house during that time. And so it served the client. It served Matt. And it, um, I think he used some of his commission as part of the down payment. So that's another structural mm -hmm. piece that's there where you have the ability to take your commission and have it applied towards closing costs or even reduce your like reduce the price of the asset itself and take the commission off the table mm -hmm. and be competitively have a competitive advantage over other people. Yep. I mean we we bought two houses this year. Well I know the difference was we were like we won't take our commission. Mm -hmm. Right? And that yeah. that literally bumped us and allowed us to win those contracts. Rob, why do you think it is most agents don't invest? I just don't think that they were introduced to the concept early enough, yeah. right? I think that they want to invest. I just don't think that there's anybody that maybe they surrounded themselves with that wasn't talking about it. But hopefully what happens is that when they meet people like you guys who've been thinking that way, they then start changing their mind and they do it sooner rather than later. Yeah. I believe that today people are talking about it a lot more than they were 10 years ago because of YouTube and social media and all the rest. Like, like, knowledge exchange is so much easier today than it was a decade ago, right? Yeah. A decade ago, you had to go, you know, read a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to read a yeah. book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You had to go seek out the knowledge, and then, and then people hoarded the knowledge. Yeah. Um, whereas knowledge is free today, right? You just have to want to go out and find it. Yeah, yeah. They call that gatekeeping. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I do believe that I'm a big proponent of, of you can learn a lot online. There's a lot of free information. Everything you want to learn mm -hmm. is online, mm -hmm. everything. But I do believe in paying a mentor or paying for a class or paying for a boot camp is a critical part of learning 
because it puts your money where your mouth is and it forces yes. you to execute on it. Yes. And you're not gonna you're not gonna treat it the same way if if, if it's given to you for free. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why they require an earnest money deposit. <laughs> yeah. Skin in the game. Skin in the game. Right. That's how you really get commitment. So Rob, you've got grid. Yeah. Right? For the investor meetups. Mm -hmm. You've got the Casa Group for the realtor side. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything that bridges the gap? Do you have anything that helps people learn if they're like if there's a realtor out there listening right sure. now and they want to learn more about how to serve investors or how to become an investor themselves? What would you tell them? You know, we started I started thinking about this. I was like um, as we opened up new communities, I realized that there was a knowledge gap. I wanted to find agents that understood the agent uh, the investor game and they understood the agent game at a high level and they're just rare. So I was like, could we come up with a certification to help people on that journey? to take agents on a wealth building journey so that n not only can they take themselves on that journey, but they could take clients on that journey with them, right? Like how could you possibly take somebody on that journey if you haven't been on that journey yourself? So we created um, our Grid AI certification, right? And it's just gridaicertification.com. Every two months we roll it out. We're getting people certified to think differently, just to look at the possibilities that are available to 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 everybody right and by the way you don't need to be an agent to take it because it's all the same foundational stuff that you would want to learn if you were um if you were just learning to invest but it helps to already have some perspective as an agent because you're like oh my god this whole world exists and i don't even yeah. know about it yeah. nobody even talks about it right mm -hmm. and it almost feels like like why are people hiding this right and it's it, it's not it's just not mainstream yeah. Right. And so we want to start launching real estate teams that only focus on that vertical, that will only s kind of serve that that both client avatar, because there's a very particular client avatar and agent avatar. And it's typically the agent that doesn't want to do the traditional. Right. They know that they just don't want to do the traditional, but they love the idea of helping people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's this, and, and they're and they're interested in wealth building, and there's just but there's they don't know how to bridge those two things, and then somebody comes along like myself and says, oh, that's called the agent investor game, right? That's the AI game, and the AI game essentially targets people that have problems with their properties, right? They could be 30, 60, 90 day late on a mortgage. It could be a divorce. It could could be a hoarding situation. And the AI agent is a problem solver, and they control inventory. And a lot of times, the, here's what's interesting, is that agents come to me and they're like, oh, I want to work with investors. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, wait a second. That's not the game, right? The, the game is to control inventory, always. Whether you're doing traditional or you're playing the AI games, control inventory. You get to help with investor. You ha get to help investors. But you should always control the inventory. Or you should tell the investor, I want to be your partner. But you don't want to play go fetch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Go fetch is like when they're like, go find me a fix and flip deal, 70 cents on the dollar minus the reno. That is a recipe for an agent to, to lose money. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, unless they put you on retainer. Or unless they make you a, a partner in the deal. Mm -hmm. Right? Which they could. Somebody could pay you a retainer and say, listen, I'll pay you. 
2000 3000 $4,000 a month to always be bringing me deals, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you can have that retainer uh, given to you in advance, and then when you guys find something, then you it gets comes off of that retainer, almost like a non-refundable draw or a draw, mm -hmm. right? I don't see many people doing that because now the investor is on the hook to make sure that that works, but that solves the problem of them making you go play, go play fetch, mm -hmm. right? So, Rob, we're coming up on time here. Uh, it's been really valuable, I know, for me. I've, I've been learning so much just being in the ecosystem around you. Kind of everything you touch uh, seems to uh, grow. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, everything you touch seems to grow. I like that. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's I'm going to use that. It's true. Yeah. Rob has a green thumb, right? It grows and it grows green. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, any final thoughts out there for people who are considering they, they want to maybe learn more about the investing side of this game or specifically the intersection between investing and being an agent? Anything you'd recommend for them? You know, I selfishly, I'll tell them to, to go join the Great Investor Network. Um, you know, I say selfishly, but it really is a gift for them, mm -hmm. right, to go and join the community of people that are looking to, to build bigger lives. Uh, our mission is to help people build wealth and create impact. And the community helps you do that, right? I always say you're one relationship away from changing your life, right? Just like you're one book away from changing your life, you're one relationship away from changing your life. That relationship can be, you know, like in my point, like a business partner that helped me uh, make millions, right? His money helped us buy assets. Or it could be a, a partner like Matt who that relationship has been mutually beneficial for the two of us for well over a decade. Same thing with Dave Zimmerman, right? Same thing with like everybody, Mark, like everybody in the team, Thomas, right? Yeah. You guys soon yeah. enough. I mean, you guys are like, how, how long has it been now? Three That's years? Three years for me, yeah. Life-changing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Life-changing for us too. That's the only way it works is if it, there's a mutual value exchange, right? So my job's always be a couple chapters ahead, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and to always make sure that I'm pushing the bounds and pushing our thinking because there's always going to be somebody that's like, well, okay, let's keep, let's keep growing. And unless we build a big world, they will leave us. And we don't want that to happen, especially when you find incredible people to work with. What you want to be able to do is, is say, hey, well, if you've got this other division that we've been thinking about starting – you're an amazing leader, why not have you start it, yeah. right? Or we've got this other division, why not move into that division? Maybe that's more of what you wanna do. Sometimes people are incredible people, but they're in the wrong seat. Mm. So when you create a great big world, there's lots of seats for people to choose from. And as we get better at understanding who fits in what seat, you know, we could be like, Elise, let's start our social media thing, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Because you recognize where somebody's natural passions lie mm -hmm. and that they're good at it, and then, like, just get out of their way, right? And then yeah. watch it grow. I love it. Yeah. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, guys. All right. Right. And uh, we'll catch you all on the next episode. Bye. We'll catch you all on the next episode of Hello Haymarket. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <laughs>